0: We supposed to get married? I'm going to
1: just swipe I up. just want somebody to share my life. In
0: my Tinder profile, I put these words that were bold because I was looking for somebody bold. You
1: can keep waiting for the fairy tale or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Welcome, lovers. It's your certified dating coach, Demona Hoffman, here with another episode presented by TextNow, the app that gives you a free second phone number that you can use just for dating so you don't have to give out your primary number to strangers. Hey, speaking of strangers, do you remember what it was like to sit across the table from a person you barely knew and act like you were having a good time? No? Me either. As we're moving back into the world, I'm sensing a lot of anxiety from my listeners about in-person dates and remembering, you know, the physical things about dating. No! Get your mind out of the gutter. I'm talking about nonverbal communication. Body language expert Nicole Moore is here to remind us how to flirt and bring good energy to a conversation as the mask mandates are being lifted. But first... Of course we have the headlines. Like did lockdown make you a whole new person? Thousands of people say yes. And is Benifer really back? More on the most controversial rebound of the year. Then in Dear Demona, I'll answer your questions. Like he's in his 30s and still parties like a college freshman. Is that a deal breaker? And how to know what your must have qualities are in a partner? And now it's time to dive into this episode of Dates and Mates with this hot dish. these dating dish. New study is out this week by Oracle. No, not like the Oracle cards, like Oracle, the tech company. And they surveyed 2000 U.S. customers and found that circumstances created by COVID-19 may have made many people feel smarter And more open to new experiences, but also more conscientious and disconnected from their personal relationships. A little bit of a double-edged sword there, but 86% of Americans reported some change in personality due to the pandemic. And they were looking at these big five personality traits, which is also known as the ocean model. It's, you know, it's like a psychologist thing where it looks at five factors of personality temperament and psyche. So O is for openness to experience, C is for conscientiousness. That's put that in your scrabble board and and rack up the points. Extraversion is the E, agreeableness and neuroticism. So OCEAN. And the, you know, they looked at like whether you're you're curious or whether you're sensitive and a lot of people that they surveyed reported that they feel different. And 30% of the respondents who identified as singled said that the pandemic really altered their romantic outlook in at least one major way, most of them having spent lockdowns alone. And a sizable number of the respondents, more than a quarter of them, actually changed their relationship status during the pandemic. The most common relationship change was a breakup or a divorce But uh, 9% of the people they surveyed got engaged or married. Big change there in relationship status. But I thought this was such an interesting study because it looked at how, you know, people are like, when are we going to get back to the new normal? You You know, hot vac summer, let's get out there and do the dang thing. But I think we need to just take a moment and realize how much we learned and how much we gained in this pandemic. I know a lot of people lost a lot of people lost a lot of things and when we're looking to the future i think we have to t- we have to acknowledge that loss but also acknowledge the gains that we had as we adapted to this new normal as we understood each other better and that's what a lot of these studies are saying that people gained this self-awareness and self-understanding in the time that they spent solitary in lockdown and the changes that this study reports were largely positive positive. and of the people that Oracle surveyed 40% said that they were becoming more conscientious and also 38% said they were more open to new experiences which you know as a dating coach I love I think we have to be open to new experiences really to be open up to love and that's the that's one of the biggest factors that I see as blocks and people being able to move into the relationships that they want. Because if you are so stuck in your own bubble, pun intended, and someone else comes into your life with their own stuff going on, if you're not conscientious and thinking about how, what they are trying to achieve or what they want out of life or the relationship that you're in, it can't work. And if you're not open to new experiences like, you're going to have to change your routine a little bit to invite a new person into it. So this was a really encouraging number for me. And as things are opening up and as people are taking off masks and getting vaccinated, I really hope that these new perspectives on ourselves and these new personality traits that have emerged really come to the forefront in dating and that we use them as a tool to make better Choices and make stronger connections with other humans. And overall, the study says we're more interesting than we were before. 70% said that they've read more and learned more during the pandemic and feel smarter. When you feel smarter, you feel more attractive. When you feel more attractive, you attract more into your life. And 70% also started at least one trendy hobby during the pandemic at home workouts, baking sourdough bread. Making whipped coffee, which I didn't even know was a thing. Filming TikTok videos. You do you, boo. But having more experiences, being a more interesting person certainly leads to you having more interesting dates. If you're being conscientious and open to the new experiences that I can provide. Some celebrities are having new experiences out here in these post-pandemic streets. Benifer is back on. Oh, for those of you who don't remember, I'm talking about Bennifer was kind of the original amalgamation of two celebrities who were dating being uh, mashed together in um, not quite holy matrimony because Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez were engaged way back in 2004. They broke up three days three days before their wedding, after dating for a couple years. And, you know, they went on to lead lovely love lives. Ben, of course, has had a string of girlfriends, but most notably the what we were calling back then Bennifer 2.0 when he started dating Jennifer Garner. He's now messed that all up. And then I don't even know how, but somehow he was able to snag Ana de Armas, who some of you might know, from Knives Out. They were dating for the last year, and they broke up in January, and turns out Jennifer broke off her engagement with A-Rod last month, and what do you think happened? They went to a quick getaway in Montana, and I know that they didn't think that this was going to be private. I mean, how can two celebrities of that level like do anything private? But there they were. There they were, spotted, Uh, rekindling their romance, presumably. Now, some information has come out that potentially Ben was messaging Jennifer before she was even broken up with A-Rod. Because it did happen quite quick, didn't it? Like even thinking back, like think about your own past relationships. And when you have a breakup, then you're like, well, who can I talk to? Someone that I somebody that I knew in the past, somebody that I was comfortable with. And like, even if you reach back out to that person, there's no guarantee that they're going to be wanting to talk to you, that they're going to be available, that they're going to be emotionally available, that they're going to want to take a trip to Montana with you. So it happened pretty fast if this wasn't in any way premeditated and planned. Now, before you get yourself all excited and say like, "Benifer is back and let's, let's see if they can make it work this time. This is clearly a rebound situation. But for you, what I want you to take away from this is that this might not be all bad. Even if this doesn't make it long term, and I can't imagine that either of them think it will. But for those who are holding out hope that the rekindling of benifer will work out, maybe that's not the point. And especially coming out of a pandemic and maybe you've had a breakup, maybe you were one of those people that we mentioned in the study who had a relationship change. Maybe what you need is comfort. Maybe what you need is someone who you have a history with and they can understand you. You don't have to explain your perspective. You don't have to, you don't have to take a big risk to, in getting to know someone new. Maybe you can get a need met just by inviting someone back into your life that served a certain role or continues to serve a certain role and in understanding you and providing you comfort so I'm certainly not rooting for benefer uh, I think Ben Affleck really should not be dating for a little while and <laughs> if if you if you didn't see that video that was posted of the younger woman that he was messaging on Raya <laughs> that was like it's me why did you unmatch me it's me can you imagine like a regular person sending a video to somebody after they got unmatched like pleading that for them to rematch with them and it it clearly it clearly reeked of ego i'm sure Jennifer Garner is like crawling under a table somewhere burying her head being like I, I cannot believe i married this guy but Uh, He needs still some help and healing, but I just really hope that they got that need met when they were together in Montana and that it inspires you to not feel like you always have to engage with somebody that is going to be in your future. Like sometimes the comfort in the moment is worth the paparazzi and the drama that you might go through. Okay. you, You might not have the paparazzi, but you know, people get to talking, people get to talking and sometimes if you change the end game of like, why are you doing this? What is it that you're getting out of this interaction? Maybe that can be enough and that can be the healing that you need to prepare yourself for the next step. Well, I'm sure my guest for this week at some point examined the body language of Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, but she's here to tell you what you can learn about body language as we move back into dates and what you might be able to learn from the body language of some other famous couples. So stick around. I'm back and I'm here with Nicole Moore. She's a body language expert and founder of the Love Works Method. She works with many celebrities, reality stars, influencers, CEOs, and influential women to find their partner. You've seen her in Forbes, Ask Men, USA Today, Us Weekly, Cosmo, so many more outlets. And I'm so excited to welcome her to Dates and Mates for the first time. Please give big smooches to my guest, Nicole Moore. Hi, thanks for the smooches. I am so excited to have you because you have, you know things. Let me let me just start out there. You know things about things. But specifically, you know things about the nonverbal communication. Like, so I've, I've read some of your articles. I'll just pick a couple of celebrity relationships that people know oh so well and what you can see from the way they interact with one another. And then what that means for us if we get somebody that gazes at us the same way. I don't know. Harry looks at Megan.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell, right? So first of all, when they were speaking in the over interview, like he's he positions his body towards her. So if you're interested in somebody, you're positioning your body towards them. You're leaning in towards them. There is a real smile that people make. This is how Melania, you can tell she's not that into Donald Trump is because if you look at her smile, it's very tight, you know. You know? so when we're faking a smile, for instance, it's usually, like, wider. It's not The ends aren't curling up. It's just like, she does this all the time. Now you're gonna see it. It's very tight. <laughs> Versus, like, when Harry is speaking about Megan, if his eyes are lighting up, if he's having a genuine smile, you can really see. Even, I actually think Megan cares about him, too. I know some people say she's, like, the devil lady, but there was this moment mm-hmm. when he was talking about how he's actually reunited a lot with his grandmother during the pandemic, and he, she smiled. Like, he, he, that There's a genuine affection there. So when we genuinely love somebody or care about somebody, our smiles will be upturned. When we're pretending, they will come out wider towards the side of our face because we're faking it. Our eyes show a lot. When we care about somebody, we look at them. <laughs> My son does this. He's like, look at the TV, mommy. He makes me look
1: at what he cares about. Hmm, that's interesting. And I, I will not dwell on the Trump and Melania <laughs> I thought their body language was really clear. Um, one more celebrity couple I want to touch on, just because, you know, we got an... Look, I'm a type A sort of go-getter kind of gal, in case you can't tell already. And yeah. I get, I have a lot of listeners who are like me who sometimes don't know, like, how to be on a date. I think there's a lot of advice out there that's like, no, you have to be more more demure and you can't be like such a you know a whatever boss babe all the time but like looking at let's just say just speaking again from the celebrity perspective and then we'll kind of bring it down when kamala harris is with doug emhoff her her husband um what what do you see when those two are together Okay, so their shoulders are always touching or their
0: bodies are always touching. Like that is, there is very clear love between the two of them. He also, he doesn't interject. He will stand behind her. He will let her take center stage. He's very much like a supportive energy. There's this one cute picture where she's just like sitting on his lap. and look at just, I don't know. Of course, they're a real couple, but it was just this like really cute moment I saw in that picture of. She's literally, she's letting her body go and he's always there. He's always so supporting her. But if you'll watch, like when she's getting inaugurated or, you know, whatever it's called, he's like, he's beaming, he's looking, he's paying attention. He like, he is so happy for her in that moment that is the essence that's what we need right now in my opinion is a strong man standing there saying like i'm going to support you i'm going to be all in if he wasn't all in his body language would tell he would be looking away he'd be like just sitting there like not that excited but he is always leaning in and supporting her so i love them as a couple you know i
1: feel like sometimes people uh diminish doug Not Kamala, but, like, sometimes people Mm -hmm. underestimate what Doug has created. Like, he's a powerhouse in his own right. He was a lawyer. He's built quite a reputation for himself apart from Kamala. And yet he does not seem threatened at all. By her no, he's success. not. He's steady.
0: He's he's steady. He's not shrinking. Like he, okay, his shoulders aren't like turned in. Like when he's standing there, his shoulders are broad. He's centered in himself. He's not turning in on himself. But he's not like I need the attention. I have to take it away from her so she can't shine. He's sharing in the shining, and I think that comes from him already being centered in who he was. If people are not centered when they enter a relationship, there can be a lot of uh, problems but I see him as a great a great supporter for her but also she loves him too she's not just like oh I'm using you she's interested in him too which is I think what's so great about their relationship
1: so let's let's bring it down to to regular life for the ladies that can kind of relate they're they're their own kind of Kamala and you know, I'll just throw out some of the things that I've heard, or some of the things that these ladies hear. They hear I'm intimidating. They hear, uh, they they hear, like that they're they're so unapproachable. What does that really mean when somebody hears that? And what can they do, or should they do anything to change their body language if they want to get a different experience?
0: Yeah, well, I would say the number one thing it means is that you haven't met enough of the right people, and you're letting the wrong people impact what you think is is possible. So I went through this myself, right? And you know, it's funny, like the flip side of like, I'm not good enough, and you empower yourself. And then you're like, maybe I'm too powerful, right? But it's still it's still like, maybe I'm not good enough, you know, just the, the flip side of that. So when I was dating, I had this too. But I remember this very clear decision moment that I said for myself, I was like, I'm not gonna dim down who i am i'm gonna i'm gonna attract the person who loves my power who wants to grow with me who's turned on by that not the person who is uh, afraid of it so are some people afraid of a person particularly a woman in power yes but those people tend to have very specific qualities they tend to not be centered they tend to not be pursuing their own passions they tend to be afraid to really go for it so it's not you, it's these qualities in them that would make them then like be in- intimidated. But there are people out there who will not meet your energy and feel intimidation. They will meet your energy and feel inspiration that will meet your energy and feel energized right there's like a lot of different reactions that people could have to your energy your job as a dater is to primarily believe that you can bring the right energy your way and then to be able to stay centered in that until you meet that person you know so in my tinder profile i put sexy siren i put entrepreneur i put these words that were bold because i was looking for somebody bold <laughs> you know what i mean so do not be afraid to have less people coming your way but the right people Coming your way is what I would say, but in terms of body language, so I'm very powerful, but I'm also like, I have a lot of feminine energy to me, if you will. Right. Like I know how to relax. I know how to be flirty on my first date with my husband. It was a big round table. He was all the way over there. When as soon as I got to the table, I said, Mm -hmm. we're too far apart. Let's sit closer. I wasn't like, oh, am I going to be too much? I, I was, I was kind of following my own desire, right? What I wanted. So we had the date, sitting shoulder to shoulder the entire time, and we were so close. And he kissed me at that booth. He didn't wait till after the date, which I liked. I'm like, okay, here's somebody bold, you know? So a lot of women, they're so afraid of like what people are going to say. Maybe men do this too, that they're not being themselves. But when you're not yourself, then that's when you don't attract the right person for you. So flirting is simply being open, right? Get closer to somebody, look them in the eyes, smile, throw them a compliment. We don't flirt because we're afraid of what might happen. If I flirt too much, He's going to think that, you know, I just want sex and he's going to try to use me. If I flirt too much, he's going to not want me because aren't I supposed to play hard to get? Like we're thinking about what might go wrong and that shuts down our energy in the present moment. But flirting is all about enjoying yourself in the present moment. So go on a date, like you don't know what's going to happen with this person, but you just want to have as much fun being you. Before I went on dates, I told myself my job on this date is to be the most me. I'm practicing that. I'm practicing being my full self. And if they don't like me, that will sting. But I'm practicing being myself on dates because I want the right person. And I, I wish everybody would do that instead of like following rules, which if you can't tell, like I don't like the rules. I think they contract
1: people more than they free them to find the love that they want. I do. I agree with you. And I do think sometimes we we get ourselves contorted into these boxes also in the workplace. And that's why I tell my clients to make sure that they have, like, I know we've been working from home and we're all wearing athleisure and UGG boots right now, but like in, in normal times, which we will return to at some point, Mm -hmm. there has to be an energetic shift. And even like, actually, I think this is important too. Even if you're on zoom for work every day and then you're going to a zoom date, or if you're coming from a real workplace and going right into a date energy, I think you carry a lot of whatever your job puts into your body. Whether it's, I need to be more like boss lady, or whether it's like, I like there were times when I really did not like my job or I was exhausted. Yeah, and yeah. I felt like I can't bring that into the room. The times that I did, it was very obvious. What yeah. do you have people do to shift their energy or their body language if they are bringing a lot of that that whatever they came from energy into the dates? Definitely this happens for people
0: um, a lot. So I will say, first of all, if you're somebody who's really like tired, like the day I met my husband, I was working all day on a, sa- a Sunday. And I almost canceled the date, but then you know I didn't cancel. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have a two-hour time limit, and I'm going to tell him when I get there. I'm so excited to see you. I'm really happy to be here. Just so you know, like I have an early call in the morning, so I need to leave by whatever time. Like I had my boundary, and the reason I'm saying this is because then you can relax. Like sometimes we need a little bit of parameters actually to be able to relax. Or you need to tell your brain, I'm going to do the Zoom date for an hour, but then after that, if you want to, if you want to work more, like we'll work till 11 p.m. Because then your brain's not going to be like i need to work running that program which a lot of entrepreneurs have so that's like First, give your mind a boundary, you'll actually feel safer. But in terms of like getting the energy, yeah. So you you need to do something to typically move your body, whether that's taking a bath, whether that's having a five minute dance break, whether that's going for a walk, whether that's changing your clothing, whether that's taking a shower, whether that's just you know using a vibrator, who knows? You know what I mean? Like you gotta do something <laughs> to get out of you your out of who. you know, into <laughs> your body. That's what I would do if I had a zoom date, because the camera, Zoom dates are great because you know right now it's like the thing to do but the camera sucks your energy you know this I know this the camera will suck your energy so you have to bring more energy to it right so if you have a zoom day you Mm -hmm. need to be thinking like you cannot just show up on a zoom day as you would in a normal day, because they're going to experience you as bland and boring. Like you really have to bring your energy to the table. So if I had a zoom day today, what I would do is I would light a candle. I would put on a sign that makes me feel good. I would do that while I'm zhuzhing up my hair and you know, doing my makeup or whatever. I would even, you can wear like a little camisole, right? Like, you know, you don't have to like get so sexed up, but you can wear a little camisole with a little bit of lace peeking out. You can unbutton a button. Like it's going to make you feel a little bit better, a little bit sexier. And then think like, I want that person to feel my energy. Like dating is all about energy and emotions at the end of the day anyway. So all you're doing on a zoom date is you want them to feel your energy. Don't be thinking about what can I do to impress them? Be thinking, feel your energy feel yourself feel your body and then imagine that you're sending that energy over to them because that's like the signal that you want at the end of the day anyway so i would be doing all of this if if i were zoom dating right now i'd probably batch them and line them up in a row and just tell myself like go time let's go (laughs) we're gonna have energy and then we're gonna relax i probably wouldn't have like five zoom dates in a week because that would be very like exhausting to me i would probably batch them you know to be honest
1: It'll save you makeup, certainly. You just get ready once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know a lot of our listeners th- that are single and really tired of the virtual dating space and maybe they got vaccinated, things are starting to open up and they're thinking about, I want to step into the real world, but I I forgot, I forgot how to flirt. <laughs> Teach me how to flirt, Nicole. yeah. <laughs> So, um, uh, you know, first of all, before you
0: go on the date, do whatever you have to do to like, uh, ask, you know, whatever you need to ask. If you feel like you need to ask well, I'm five, nine. So I would say this before I went on a date with somebody, I'd say, Oh, how tall are you? Hashtag tall girls need to ask. And I just tried to be a little bit funny about it. You know what I mean? So do that, do something like that. Like if you want to know if somebody's vaccinated or whatever, like have a little, like, maybe somebody should come up with a hashtag <laughs> for this, you know, but, um, That's funny. <laughs> because it's like it's, it's like because I wanted to know like it was important to me to know how tall people were but I didn't want to be like how, how are you like a weird energy you know like how sometimes tall girls are like why can I find anybody so like I just tried to make it um, you know cute so do that with like are you vaccinated or whatever your questions are maybe are you not vaccinated who knows whatever your preferences are <laughs> um, but in terms of like flirting and, and getting out there so Like people still might not feel so comfortable getting super close on a first date because in the back of our mind, there's like other people could infect me and I could die happening. So your eyes are very, very, very important. So I want to say to you that when you're on a date, you have to focus on your eyes. And specifically, you want to be thinking brightness in my eyes, openness in my eyes interest in my eyes. So imagine that you were going to Baskin Robbins or an ice cream shop and there's 31 flavors in front of you, or whatever it is, and you're looking at those flavors and you're like, oh my God, what could I eat? That's what I'm talking about, right? Like that interested energy, like as if you're looking at the ice cream flavors, like practice it in the mirror and you're going to see that when you're interested about something, there's an aliveness, there's an excitement. People are going to see that if you have a mask on or not, and they're going to be like, "Ooh, what's going on in that person's eyes? I have a video on this like where I say, I share, like, you can have dead eyes. I know some people can't see this because they're just listening, but you can have dead eyes or you can have interested eyes, right? You can have excited eyes. You can have, even if you have a mask on, but you're smirking a little bit, like, you know, a secret that's going to translate to your eyes. So I think eye flirting is like one of the most important things in this post COVID era. But aside from that, Get to the emotions quicker, right? If you're, don't think about flirting if that freaks you out. Think about emotions, emotional connection. So don't ask somebody, like, oh, how was your day today? Ask them, what was the most exciting part of your day today? Because that question is going to automatically elicit more emotion because it's a more exciting question to begin with. So Think that way. So if I were going out dating, I would like sit and you don't have to have like a list of questions in your mind. But I would think about like, what are interesting ways to say the the same thing? How's the weather is boring? What do you love to do for fun is boring. But what's the most impactful thing you read on the news today is way more exciting, right? Than like, uh, how was your lunch? <laughs> so emotion, right. don't think flirting, think emotion. Cause if you go to the emotion, you're going to be more in that flirty zone anyway.
1: I love it. This is a great thing to keep in mind. Also, as we are dating in the real world and, um, I know they just announced that vaccinated people don't have to wear masks outside any longer. Um, which I think will be a double-edged sword. But for those who are in places where people are still masked, like people have said to me for so long, how can I tell? How can I tell if somebody's interested or somebody's flirting with me? And it's all in the eyes. As it is said. all in the what eyes.
0: About, it is all
1: in the eyes. What about what's in the hands, Nicole? Like mm-hmm. at a certain point and when we're on dates and let's say we're vaccinated and we live in post-COVID you know, fantasy land. Uh, no, not fantasy land. It will be real. It will be real. It's just hard to imagine it right now. Um, what are, what do you think the rules are going to be for like touching or like physically showing, showing interest engaging someone's, there's going to be this, this dance that we have to do, I think, to gauge people's interest in physical
0: yeah. Okay. So the first thing I will say, and it is communicate your desire and your interest. So be open about what you like about the other person. A compliment does not mean if you say it to somebody, even if you say to somebody, you look really sexy, you are not telling them, I want you to have sex with me right now. You know what I mean? So you have to give a compliment. If you're going on a date and you're not, and you genuinely like that person and you're not complimenting them, you are missing an opportunity so find something to compliment tell that person i had a really great time it was so great connecting with you oh my god two hours flew by like it was nothing you're not saying like i love you marry me but give a compliment in there number two is flirt with your eyes Think about if you like them, if you don't like them, you don't have to do this. Right. But let's say you like them. If you like them, just literally imagine like they're one of the ice cream flavors and you're like, Oh, do I want to have this ice cream flavor? Be interested. Think about I'm projecting my energy. This is like more woo woo, but like, think about I'm projecting my energy out to them. It's mixing with their energy. Like this is a good energy. I'm drawing them my way. Like you can kind of play with that when you're on a date. Number three, communicate what your boundaries are so you can feel safe and you can have a good time within that day.
1: And I just want to comment on, I don't think that the second one is woo woo. I don't think that the, cause it's not just like imagining the energy going out. It's intent. It's putting intent behind your words, behind your body language, behind how you want things to land. And I like, I know this as a host, if I, If I think about the audience, the way I deliver something, it's going to sound different than if I'm just kind of reading it to myself.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's not, you know, I think it's woo-woo, but it's not. I mean, not that I think it's woo-woo, but I think some people might. But the thing is, is that intention is everything. So before I would open up my dating app when I was on, you know, I found my husband on Tinder, but I was on different dating apps. I would say to myself. I'm the woman who only attracts the highest quality relationship running men online. Did I get that all the time? No, but I had a way better experience. I would tell myself things like, you know, I had like a thing, like I always talk about it. Like I, I used to like freak out about wearing glasses. I did so much when I was in college. I gave myself an allergy to contacts because I was so insecure that I looked ugly with glasses because guys don't make passes at girls that wear glasses, right? So I had this whole complex energy surprise surprise then i was like blocking people from coming my way so i had to like get right with it so then i started telling myself I'm more attractive with glasses than most people are without them. Like not, I'm not, I'm not dissing anybody, but I just had to like, I had to get into this whole vibe and believe that I was like, you know, attractive enough. So I would repeat these things to myself, whatever it was that I was trying to like hold in my consciousness and get into my energy. So seeing yourself as a certain kind of person, like when I was, I should still do this more, but when I was dating, I would see myself as, as this woman that was very desirable, right? That men wanted, I would tell myself like, Every man wants me. Did every guy want me? No, but I would just kind of hypnotize myself with these phrases, and that definitely impacted my energy. When I walked into the date on my first date with my husband, he says that I walked in. It was like past a bar, and the guys there was like guys at the bar, and they all like turned their head to look at me. Which now, like, I laugh. I'm like a mom. I'm like, that's so funny, <laughs> but. <laughs> But that's what happened. Right. Because not because I'm like a supermodel, but because that was like the energy, the energy that I was practicing at that time was I'm sexy. I'm beautiful. I'm magnetic. I attract dates to me. If I wanted to, I could probably, you know, amplify it again. So whatever energy you want to experience in your dating life, you can be responsible for building that energy inside of you, for believing yourself to be that kind of person. And then you'll start to have experiences that match that. You will also have experiences that don't match that. And your job is just to ignore them, right? Like they're not the truth. They're not the truth. This is who I am in dating. So who are you in dating? What experiences do you have is a very great thing for you to focus on. So for a lot of your listeners, it might be I'm that power woman who attracts that power man and we have a power couple and like this is possible for me and not I intimidate men like let go of that story
1: and let go of those Or even yeah why do I always yeah why do I always intimidate men why do I always attract that like if you're repeating that in your mind that becomes the thing that you see
0: And Mm
1: -hmm. so I'm 100% with you, Nicole. Mindset is everything. I believe in mantras and affirmations, mostly because they affect the way that you're going to feel in your body. So thank you for sharing all those tips with us. Everybody check out loveworksmethod.com where you can find more about what Nicole does and her podcast, Love Works with Nicole Moore. Definitely give it a listen. Thank you so much for being here, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Make sure you check out the Love Works Method online at loveworksmethod.com. And you can follow Nicole on Instagram at Nicole More Love. We'll put the links in the show notes. I'll be back in a moment to answer your questions. In dear Demona, today you want to know is he just blowing off steam or is he a man child? And what should you really be looking for in a long term partner? We'll be right back. Welcome back. All right, it is time to answer some of your questions.
0: Dear Damona. Damona, help me.
1: Okay, I can't wait to dive into these questions for today. The first one is a little bit long, but quite interesting and will be very informative. The second one is extremely short. And I also promise a very interesting and informative response to that one. So stick with me here. This first question comes to us from Francis. Francis says, I've been seeing this guy for a little over six months. He has moved away, but he calls me every day once he gets off work to ask me about my day. He flew me to where he lives now to meet his friends three weeks ago. They said that he's never brought a girl around them, and they have grown up together. He's 32 years old and apparently has never had a girlfriend before. He did get wild during that weekend, and I have never seen that side of him before blackout drunk every night and ended up vanishing. So we all had no place to go. His friends got a hotel, but I stayed trying to find him and make sure he was safe. I ended up finding him and we went home. He woke up and had no idea about the night or anything after dinner. This includes him falling off of a stage and riding a mechanical bull. Oh my gosh, there's videos somewhere out there that we have to see. I told him that I wasn't happy. And he apologized and just said he's never been responsible for looking out for anyone but himself because he's never dated. I asked what his expectations with me were, and he said he had feelings for me but didn't know. I told him that I thought he needed to take some time to figure things out and find out exactly what he wants out of this. But I deserve for him to be honest with me. He has planned romantic trips and getaways and called me every day before this weekend. But now it's only one or two phone calls a week. Yet he acts as though, though nothing's changed and mentioned taking me somewhere with his family and traveling with mine. So what's going on? Oh, girl. There's a couple of things going on. First of all, uh, 32 two years old, this guy has never had a girlfriend. So that to me says that he is lacking in the life experience department. And it sounds like he doesn't know a lot about his own boundaries. I mean, the fact that, look, I don't care if he's never had a girlfriend before you get so blackout drunk that you, your friends have no place to go. Cause they're staying, they're supposed to be staying with you. What the heck kind of friend does that to their friends, let alone their girlfriend. But That's not having to look out for someone else. That's just common decency and common courtesy in interacting with other humans who you care about. So that's a big red flag to me. Not about your relationship. And this is where I want to separate these two parts of your question because this isn't a reflection on your relationship. This is a reflection on him and the choices that he's making and the time that he needs to grow up and be responsible for his actions. And so it's a little it's a little interesting to me that then in that moment you turned it to his feelings for you and that that you're asking him to take some time to figure out what he wants out of the relationship. Because my question for you, Francis, is actually what do you want out of this relationship? And what kind of man do you need to be with? What do you need to see from him? to know that it's worth you investing time in this relationship. So let's not even, like, you, you just gave up your power, girl. You gave up your power to him, and you're like, what do you want? What do you want to do? Why are you not calling me every, every night? Now it's only one to two calls. You put yourself back in the driver's seat, okay? And I need you to come at this from a completely different angle. I need you to approach it like, look, I really love spending time with you. I loved our romantic trips. I love these getaways, whatever. I saw a completely different side of you and I'm concerned. And it's not just like I'm concerned and so pull your act together or I'm out of here. It's more like I'm concerned because I want better for you in your life as well. And so these are my expectations. Like this is what, this is what I'm going to need for this relationship to work for me and kind of separate the problem that he's having where he needs to get help and you care about him for that. And maybe, you know, he doesn't need to be in rehab or anything, but he needs maybe, maybe needs to call better help. Maybe he needs a little bit of therapy just to learn how his actions are affecting other people in his life. Because I guarantee you that is not the first time that it's shown up like that. If you asked his friends, it's probably happened before. And there's probably other ways that he is, to use your term blacking out in different areas of his life. Do you know what I'm saying there? And that's separate from what do you want out of the relationship, Francis? And where what do you need from a man in your life and where you want it to go? So I think those are two separate phone calls or two separate meetings. And look, great. Take a take a trip with his family. He can take a trip with with yours, but that that's that's all just we're just talking about window dressing when we need to be like redecorating like the whole room and moving like all the furniture around and stuff so don't get caught up on the window dressing or fluffing the pillows okay because this is the and don't go on a on a trip until you really understand where this relationship is headed and whether or not you're getting your needs met or maybe hey maybe I'm wrong maybe this was just like a one-off weird situation where he was just blowing off steam and he would never do it again and is going to pull it together. But you got to get to the root of that. You got to get to the heart of the matter and then that will illuminate what your path forward in this relationship will be. Our next question is oh so simple yet oh so complex. It comes to us on Instagram from Melissa. She says, do you have recommendations on how to figure out the qualities you value in a potential partner. Girl, you know I have recommendations. And it's really like the core foundational exercises in my 30-Day Dating Playbook program. Honestly, we start everything with mindset. Mindset encompasses a couple things. It is both who you are, what you are bringing to the table in a relationship, good, bad, and ugly. It's all that baggage, all those patterns, all those those limiting beliefs that that are being carried with you into the next relationship, the next relationship, the next relationship, sorting all that stuff out, and then also figuring out what you really want. And there's a lot of different exercises that you can do to figure this out. I mean, first, I would just look at what do you care about? What do you value in the world? The two most important factors in long-term compatibility are common goals And shared values. Right. So what do you believe and how strongly do you believe it? That is the starting point to what would match with this belief system. So if there's something that you're a 10 in your value system, you better find somebody who's a 10 in that same value system. You know, if you believe in like social justice work, if you're with somebody who's just like, "Mm, I mean, like black lives matter, but like. I don't really want to do anything about it. That's not going to work for you, right? Or if you um, if you value health and wellness and that's extremely important to you and your partner is like eating cheeseburgers every night, that's going to be a really, really challenging uh, gap to, to bridge. Knowing what you believe and how strongly you believe in it and how important it is in your life can help you figure out what the complementary viewpoint in a partner would be for you. The other thing that I would recommend, Melissa, is to really spend some time, and we do this in the program through like visualization and other, um, other exercises that really get you into the feeling of what would it feel like to be with that person. And this is getting away from like the checklist style of dating. Like, okay, I value... He needs to have money. He needs to have a job and take it really down to like, how do I want to feel when I'm with this person? Do I, do I feel excited to be with them? Do I, do I want to like spend every waking moment with them? What would it feel like imagining that I could have that? And then when you are with somebody that triggers that feeling in you, I promise you will recognize it. If you've practiced it and you've meditated on it and you've visualized it, you'll recognize it. And you won't have to work quite so hard with, you know, lists and checklists and, and, and meters. (laughs) You'll feel it and you'll know. And if you don't feel it, then you also know. That's it for today's episode. This one is 361 of Dates and Mates. Don't forget to visit Nicole Moore at theloveworksmethod.com. And don't forget to send me your questions. I've been missing hearing your voices. I haven't gotten so many voice memos, but don't worry if you're feeling shy, you can also just DM me your question or email it to me. Reach out. I'm at Damona Hoffman on all of the socials and I look forward to hearing your question on a future episode. I will be back again next week with, I cannot believe it, I cannot wait to announce this, Anna Sale. She is the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Death, Sex, and Money, and we're talking about how the most unlikely of post-divorce rebounds turned into marriage material and the father of her kids and everything else in her new book, Let's Talk About Hard Things and How You Can Talk About Hard Things Too. Until then, I wish you happy dating.